experience a dream. Supernatural results on familiar ground when God sustains a dream. I have good news for you this morning. God didn't bring you this far to leave you. God didn't bring you this far to abandon you. In my early ministry in Cleveland, I directed a very large children's choir at North Cleveland Church of God. That's the first time I met Brother Perry because we traveled with him in revival. But we sang a little song. I was the director and all those 70 to 100 juniors. I should get an award in heaven for that, as some of you know, Renee, all you teachers. But we sang a song. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. I give thanks to God who continually builds us, increases us as individuals, as family, and a church. God sustains a dream, and he did not bring us this far to leave us. Can we give him praise this morning? And the same God that sustains the universe, I'll pray in a moment, is the same God that sustains your dream, your ministry, your purpose, your freedom, your victory, and the prayers that you are waiting for with the same power that he sustains the galaxy, the stars, the lightning, the cosmos. He is sustaining the purpose of your life and he is sustaining the dream of your heart and as surely as the universe has not crumbled, neither shall you, says the Lord. Give him a praise this morning. Hallelujah. There is a placeholder in God's ripe harvest with your name on it this morning. There is a placeholder in God's ripe harvest for Church of the Harvest. Reading from Psalms 126 that I began this series. I think we still have one more message after the next two weeks. But out of the Message Bible, don't even worry about turning because you're going to get confused. It seemed like a dream too good to be true. When God returned Zion's exiles, we laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. They said, God was wonderful to them. And yes, God was wonderful and is wonderful to us. Can I get an amen? And now God, comma, do it again. And now, God, comma, do it again. And I love this, the way the message says it. Mm, trying to stay calm this morning. God, do it again. Bring rain to our drought-stricken lives so those who planted their crops in despair will shout, hooray, at the harvest. Try it with me. Hooray. hooray. That's very good. We're in the army. Okay. So those who went off with heavy hearts, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Those who left the house of God and the family of God with heavy hearts will come home laughing with arm loads of blessings. Someone give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. The Psalms 54 and 4 says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. When God sustains a dream, supernatural results on familiar ground. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Come, sir, would you wash their feet with this word? That's what I ask. Would you mend their mind with this word? Would you build their strength with this word? And would you encourage us as a church for the upcoming harvest? Come, Holy Spirit, and do what you do best. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, sustain. In the dictionary, means to support. It means to bear up, to bear the weight of. Anybody thankful that God bears the weight of your dreams? It means to strengthen physically or mentally. 
to sustain something, to keep a person's mind and their spirit from giving way under heavy trial or affliction. I'm thankful to the Lord today that in times that were more hard than no one knew about my life or in your life, that God sustained your mind, God sustained your heart, God sustained your home, and God brought you through what others said would take you out. Can we give him a praise this morning? He sustains you through trial and tribulation. He sustained this church from its beginning through many seasons as families and individuals had because when a dream belongs to God, God sustains the dream. He has sustained our outreaches. Queen for a day, we're coming toward. I wish I could tell as much, but I can't. I don't have time. But our first Queen for a day, Pastor Kelly Goins and I were telling Chris and Janet and the kids about our first Queen for a day. It was a disaster. It was a beautiful disaster. We had to do men's nails because no one came because we put the, we would pick the women up at 10 p.m. at night instead of 10 a.m. in the morning. Come on. And I had Kelly riding in a convertible with Ron Merkel behind the wheel. And we had a tent over there, Pastor Barbie. You probably remember. And the tent was about to go down. The women were holding their to-go plates. If I had based everything about Queen for Day off of that day, I said, this was the craziest idea I've ever had. But God sustains a dream through the ages. We begin small but we do not despise small beginnings because when the hand of the Lord is upon something he sustains it he equips it and he moves it somebody give him praise this morning and God has sustained his dream since the beginning of time in Genesis 1 God had a dream God had a dream and he has sustained that dream through war through famine through pestilence his dream was he wanted a family he wanted a family, and so he said, let's make man in our own image. So male and female, he made them. He did not create mankind to be his slaves, to be his servants. God wanted a family. He wanted sons and daughters. He wanted to share all that he had made, Christine, with that family. He could have kept the Grand Canyon with all of its beautiful scenery to himself. And he and the angels could have just flown over the canyon and said, Oh my, oh me, isn't that glorious? He could have kept the beautiful exotic sound of the rainforest and the coyote and the and the jaguars and the cheetahs and the birds that run in the rainforest and the beautiful sound of the rainforest all to himself but God wanted a family look at your neighbor and say God wanted a family he could have kept the glory of the Sahara desert all to himself and the camels and the desert foxes and he and the angels could have just walked through the desert as the sand dunes blown at blue or whatever you want to say and he could have said this is so good I love it I love it I made it and I love it and he did say that over it but he loved it so much he could not keep it for himself but he created mankind in his own image for his own glory you are God's family someone give him praise he could have kept the Swiss Alps all to himself the mountain peaks that glisten in the sunlight of the snow he could have kept the Pacific which is at last record 62.4 million miles in its in its breadth and its depth more this way wide than deep he could have kept all of that to himself he could have kept the dolphins to himself but he invited you to enjoy them he could have kept the Sun the moon and the stars the rain he could have kept which I'm so thankful this week in this heat wave 
wave of Texas. Oh no, this is Tennessee. In this heat wave we've been having, when that cool breeze blows, I'm thankful he did not keep it to himself. But his dream was that he could share this beautiful galaxy and this world with sons and daughters. God is the father and we are his family. And the Ephesians writer said there's a family in heaven and there's a family in the earth. There's a family in heaven where my husband, my mother, my grandparents, Pastor Connie's parents and many others and angel are in the family in heaven. But it's all belonging to God, the family on earth and the family in heaven. Give him praise this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, when God sustains a dream. Y'all are so quiet. <laughs> when God sustains a dream. I love you. Everybody can't be boisterous, ridiculously loud like me, and I thank the Lord for that. Adam and Eve, he created, but as we know, it was interrupted with sin. And he could have said, I'll wipe them out, and I'll start over. Because isn't that what the world does with broken things? We throw them out, throw them out. No one would have judged him. They would have still said, you're holy. But because he's holy, which is perfectly to be trusted and good, instead he showed us his character. And character I like to define as who he is and what you can expect from him. This is the pattern of his heart. Hell wanted to maim humanity, but heaven wanted to make humanity. And those with partner with God and dream with God, whether you think or you feel like it this morning, in moments and times of seasons, hell wanted to maim you with what you went through. But heaven said, we will make a son and daughter out of that. Someone say glory. If the adversary could, he wanted to hold you hostage to your failures, your mistakes, your disappointments, your trials, so that that is what you would answer to. Instead of answering to the name of Rhonda or Todd or Susan, we would answer to the trial we went through we would answer to the things we've gone through but I'm so glad this morning that God showed a different revelation of who he was in the garden of Eden and I'm thankful this morning for every time I learned a new revelation of God if I had never had a problem I wouldn't have known that he could solve them can I get an amen if I had never been sick and then known him as healer I would have never known he is a healer if I had never been overwhelmed with circumstances that wrecked my soul I would never know he who rides on top of the clouds and the wings are his chariot. He walks on top of whatever overwhelms you and I. Can I get an amen this morning? If I had never been alone, which I understand alone the last two years, I would have never known he who sticks closer than a brother. I would never know one who I cannot see, but in the midnight hour says, I got you, girl. You are not alone. I am with you. Anyone thankful for God who sustains us, give him praise. If we had never known him, that when we were pushed back and about to fall, he could sustain us. And he came walking. You know the story. But let me pause here to move on. And that is what God did was so beautiful. The way my dramatic mind has always seen it. It's like parents with little children. When my girls, I'm so thankful for my girls and my son-in-law and my son in heaven. But when my girls were little, you know, you'd get them ready for the winter, the snow. You get them dressed in the morning. You know, mommy, it's too tight. You know, you'd tighten that hood and then you'd button up that jacket, you know, gloves. They couldn't even move. You'd have to pick them up and move them to the car seat. Just throw them in. Anyway, but that's what God did in Eden. 
he put a hood on Adam and Eve and he put that hood on and tied it with grace and then he buttoned up the little jacket with mercy and he said now you're going to have to go out into the elements but the dream is going to be sustained by me I'm going to let you go out into this world that's got some rough places but I'm going to put great grace and great mercy on you let me tell you this morning God will never define you by the things you went through he will never define you by your mistakes you never find God calling anybody out and saying to them in scripture you were this or you were that critics may define you by it your family may define you by it but the word of the Lord said I even I am he who blots out your transgressions and I will not remember them for my own sake says the Lord hallelujah You find in the parable of the prodigal son a side of father, God, as the father doesn't even bring up what the prodigal's done. It's the elder brother who tells the tale. It's the elder brother that says he's been doing this and he's been doing that and he did this and he did that. All the earthly father was doing, Austin was, he was planning a party. He was calling in the musicians. He was calling in a feast. We can't join the devil's side of accusation. We need to join the side of the almighty God who sustains dream, who sees what can be out of prodigals. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. And I'm telling you, I still hear when I walk the greenway, sometimes a song by Maverick City and yeah, Dante's on it, but it says, welcome home. Get the ring and they get it going in kind of a disco beat. Bring the ring and the robe and the crown, bring it out. Welcome home, you belong here. And I pray over this church and the next building we have that many prodigals will cross the horizon and we will not remind them of their past. We will not remind them of negativity, but we will say, you be long here welcome home we got a party waiting on you this morning somebody give him a shout hallelujah 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 don't let disappointments don't let those regrets don't answer to them God sustains a dream for mankind. God sustains mankind through it all by great grace. And I want to tell you, God sustains you as an individual. He sustains your family. While your children make you want to pull out your hair. Can I get an amen? Not my children, not my children. Make you want to pull out your hair. Your family members burden you because you're just so concerned for them. But God sustains dream with great grace. Someone say great grace. Acts 4 and 33 said, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's so good. But then it says, And great grace was upon them all. We're not looking for a tipping grace. We're looking for what Devin prophesied this morning. A bucket grace that just flows upon every man, woman, and child. Great grace will be upon us all somebody give him a shout of praise when God sustains a dream we understand what we pastors have said here for years God gives grace which means God gives me what I don't deserve I don't deserve forgiveness I don't deserve acceptance I don't deserve a clean slate but he also gives me mercy 
which means he holds back what I do deserve. If you're here this morning waiting for some bad news, it's not coming to you today through me. If you're waiting for some bad news from God that something's going to catch up with you, I think God in his power holds back life like the Red Sea and says my people are walking through with great grace and great mercy because I am the Lord. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Great mercy, great grace. The Lord sustains all who fall and they will be raised up. Those who are bowed down, Psalms 141. You see, God sustains his dream over you through disappointments. We're going to talk about a couple of places. Through trials, through troubles. God, our sustainer. In 2 Samuel 6, David was trying to do a right thing and a wrong thing happened. You ever been there? He was trying to bring the Ark of Covenant back to Jerusalem. He was trying to bring what was symbolic of God's goodness and glory. The Philistines had had it for a long time. It had been in the house of Benunab. He had 30,000 men praising God. And he's bringing the ark. They hit Nashon's threshing floor. And when they did, a young man, Abinadab's son, Uzzah, reached out and touched the ark to stop. And when he did, he dropped dead. It's, it's an Old Testament story, but let me bring it into New Testament light. Because none of you are going to drop dead this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, you're all good. You're all good. When God sustains a dream, I think he teaches us that supernatural results on from your ground. That sometimes we treat what is holy as common. Common. We say, razzle-dazzle me, Jesus. Give me some special effects. I want to see someone get up out of a chair. I'm not at all contented with people coming to Jesus and being saved. No, I need to be razzle-dazzled me, Jesus. Let me see something so powerful when we forget. You see, we treat some things common and not holy. Praise and worship team, forgive us if we've ever treated you as common. Sound crew, forgive us if we've ever treated you as common. Kelly Carson, who takes back over kids' ministries, she's been on a sabbatical. Forgive us if we ever treat you as common. Pastoral team and teachers that help me, forgive us if we ever treat you as common. You see, we get a new car. You know, you've been there. No one's going to eat in this new car, right? No one. My mother used to put plastic on couches and on our Buick, and we rode around on plastic making noise continually you know how plastic sounds we're never going to take this plastic my mother was a perfectionist and uh but she was a joyful one but at any rate and you get a new car and no one's going to eat in here then give it about a year people are throwing their fries on the floorboard people have got a griddle set up my nephew set a griddle up on his front seat and drove every every week to regent while he watched a movie and cooked his dinner on the other don't do that please come on we start to treat something as familiar and we forget what it is in our life. We, then that car gets old. Forgive us, praise the worship team, if we ever go hear another worship team and we just think, oh, that was the best thing ever because we hear you every week. Forgive us, pastors and teachers. I say to all of you, not to me, I depend on Christ. If we take your voice for granted, if we take your service, Pastor Todd, Forgive us if we treat what is holy as common. Forgive us, lay people in this house, for everything you do if we treat you as common. We come in and we worship, and sometimes when we worship, we're like, Jesus on the mountain. I don't know if I'm going to watch Netflix or Amazon Prime tonight. Jesus on the streets. Jesus to my... 
Am I going to wear blue jeans tomorrow? Is this tomorrow a fun day at work? And over all the things. Now, let me encourage you. Everybody, look at your neighbor and just smile real big. Smile real big. I have to rope in my thoughts too, okay? No condemnation, but rope them back in. Rope them back in. I used to lead worship, but I have to rope my thoughts back in. It's amazing what will come to you in the middle of worship or a sermon. Right now, some of you are thinking, am I going to work four days a week? I don't know what she just said, but what I'm thinking about... Look at your neighbor and say, oh, that's not you. What we need to say is, Lord Jesus, what you're doing in my life is not common. It is holy. Forgive me if I treat it as common. Forgive me, Lord, if I treat having a house as common, having a car. Forgive me if I treat the things that you've given me as common because they are holy. I don't want to take familiar like Ferris Bueller when he hears his teacher's voice on that movie. Wah, 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 wah. I want to open my ears to what God is saying. I want to be receptive. I want to be in the house of God and in my private devotions at home like an open book that says, Speak to me, Jesus. I am here. Can you say amen? When this happened... And Uzzah reached out. David just did this. How can anybody handle the glory? I'm done. You ever done that? No one but me? You see, no one is immune to disappointment. No one is immune to it. And disappointment is like a triangle. Let me say this. If we were teaching on Wednesday night, it would go different. The tip seems so harmless. See it as a triangle. You just think, that's harmless. I'm disappointed. But that can move into discouragement, which can move into disillusionment which can move into depression and then into defeat. And the triangle just gets bigger and bigger. Disappointment is not a sin. It's how we handle it that's crucial. You've either got to be a splatter or a bouncer. A splatter drops with a thud, and I'm going to stick like glue to my disappointment. I'm going to talk about disappointment till Jesus comes back in the clouds. But a bouncer says, I hit down, but I'm going to bounce back up. I don't know whose fault it is. All I know, if God is for me, I'm going to bounce back after this disappointment. Come on, somebody. Disappointment. Why even try? I give up. Why get out of the boat? I travel with some prophets, not physically, but in conversations. And sometimes I'll ask them, what do you do when it doesn't happen like you thought it would or like you said? And they said, you just get back up. You get back up. We say, why should I get involved? Why should I serve? It felt like a disaster last time. I gave and gave and gave and nothing happened. You see, Israel hung their harps on the willow tree and the New American Standard Version says, in the midst of the thing. But I'm going to tell you, even though they hung their harp in the midst of what they were going through, God sustained them and God sustained the dream. So you go ahead, turn in your resignation. You go ahead and say, I'm not going to love anybody anymore. You go ahead and say, I'm not going to help anymore. And bless the Lord on my soul. If they ask me to do that thing again, I'm not doing it. Or you just hang your harp. But I'm going to tell you something. God will keep your dream going till you go and get the harp off the tree and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Somebody give him praise. And for three months, the ark was at Obed-Enam's house. And God blessed him. A servant stepped up and said, I'll take it. I'll take the ark. I, I treat the honor of God as a good thing, not a nuisance. I, the Lord says, I will honor those who honor me. And sometimes the best thing you can do is mourn and release 
the things from yesterday, evaluate and adjust your expectations, and then get moving. For Isaiah 43 says, do not remember the old things. That keep, don't keep going over old history. Look at your neighbor and say, old history. But what you should do is what David do, is get back up and get your boots on. Look at your neighbor and say, get your boots on. You see, often if you're in this house, these are my husband's precious boots. There was too many to choose from, but I chose these that I keep in the closet where I study and get your boots back on. There's been many times I've asked people to do something and they would say, I didn't feel good about it, Pastor Rhonda. It didn't go the way I thought it would go. I just can't keep doing this. I can't do it again. And I'll say, you're going to have to get your boots back on and do it again. I'm not letting you sit down and what you felt like didn't go right, but get your boots back on because that's the way to really live amen look at your neighbor and say get your boots back on get back in the game and try again try again because David saw that the house of Obed-Edom was blessed let me tell you something sometimes God will get you to get your harp off the willow tree at least he has with me and God will tell you to get your boots back on by showing you someone who's winning with less than you have by showing you someone that's doing something you were called to do while we sit in pity and starve our feelings and woe is me or we can say and then God woos you by showing you someone go after what you were called to do and all of a sudden you say I'm going to get my boots back on I'm going to give again I'm going to forgive again I'm going to serve again I'm going to worship again somebody give Jesus a shout of praise pastor would be pleased that they're laying like that come help me Josh God sustains his dream the last place that we're going this morning taking things out because the spirit moves so powerfully God sustains a dream David did bring the heart back I remember in the early days of this church before this church began help me Lord button this up short there was a woman who helped me with Courtney I cannot remember her name today we were evangelists, and she would help me. I loved her. I'd go get my baby, and uh, they were singing. They were watching all Mother Goose rhymes. There was a spiritual Mother Goose. They were watching that, and they were singing, Hosanna. And little Courtney was, Hosanna, Hosanna. And, uh, I, you know, you love who helps you with your kids. I loved her so much. She started coming to the church. I met her when we were evangelists. I didn't even know how I connected with her. And then one day she had just called me and said, I'm not coming back anymore. And it was an ugly, it wasn't over anything. It was just an ugly conversation. Y'all, I crown finales of my shows. I do. I love deeply. And my elders often tell me, guard your heart. And I do. I love deeply. It's a pastor's gift. I just love deeply. And I was so hurt. And Pastor Head kept saying, Rhonda, there's going to be me like this. You're going to toughen up, baby. I'm trying. And wouldn't you know it, Chuck, on a Sunday night, I was leading worship. I'm going to end with Joseph here, but here she comes into church. The nerve. The nerve. That's what I'm saying, Pastor David. And I'm leading worship, and I knew he was going to get me. I didn't want to be God. There's a better way of saying that, but hang with me. I'm a Tennessean. I said, oh, Holy Spirit, please don't let her come to the altar. Just let her leave early, please. 
all while I'm leading worship. The Lord is building Jerusalem. We sang a lot of Jewish songs back in that day, but anyway. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, oh, don't watch it. I'm going to get my tambourine going here in a minute. One time we had to ban tambourines. And we had to ban shofars. When Perry first came here for several days, people had shofars everywhere. And we had to check shofars and tambourines at the door. Because our drummer said, I quit if they don't stop using their tambourines. Because we didn't have the ear ends. And it made his office beat. I said, the Spirit, please let her leave. Wouldn't you know it. Pastor Hank has to come up. Give that kind of altar call. All of you that feel hurt and overlooked, mistrusted, misaligned. I mean, I don't know what all he said, but here they came, the multitude. And here she came. And I'm standing over on, the, we're over there at that time stage. I'm standing over there and I'm thinking, please, Holy Spirit. Please. And then he broke me. He said, if you're going to be my vessel, this is, you're going to get many arrows in your back and in your heart. Pastor Billy often tells me, Ron, to take because he does this over himself, one of my board of regents. Take the arrows out of your heart, Rhonda. Take them out by the grace of Jesus. Don't let them stick. Yeah, don't let Thank you, Pastor. And um, I went down to her, and I wept with her, and I cried, and I ministered to her. I mean, genuinely and sincerely. She had taken care of my baby. Genuinely and sincerely. She, I left that day with peace, and she left that day with peace. I never saw her again. But what I do know is I reached out and touched the glory again. When in my mind I was thinking, I'll never love any church people anymore. Mama Joyce, you know what it's like. I'll never give anybody any more of myself. I can't bear, I can't bear losing them. I can't. I mean, I cry over my neighbors who are moving. I tried to create a little party last night with them to weep with them. How can you leave me? I've lived here 38 years. And they're looking at me like, okay, whatever. Sometimes to handle the glory, we got to say, I'll get my boots back on. I'll try again. I'll love again. I'll surf again. When we think of dreams, I want to right here and hang with me. You've got about 10 minutes. We can do it. God will sustain his dream. He did through the ages. In Joseph's life, in Genesis 38 and 7, it says that Joseph dreamed. And watch this. We, saw, we often misunderstand. We look through, my elders always say, we look through a veil. So that sometimes we don't understand what God is saying to us. Because revelation is a process. And it comes piece by piece. And we don't understand it till we get there. And he had a dream, but what he saw was his brothers and him binding sheaves, which is a symbol of harvest. It's a symbol of salvation. It's a symbol of abundant progress. What God was saying, Joseph, don't focus on they're going to bow to you. Focus on through you, I'm going to bring in a great harvest. Can I get an amen? We are still here today because God refuses to let people go to hell. He's still trying to save people. Hell was not created for you. It was not created for me. It was created for one, and that was Lucifer and the fallen angels. And the fact we're still here, heaven is still trying to save someone. Is anybody with me for the harvest? Is anybody with me? for the harvest so we say Lord do it again as we opened up yes this world is crazy yes America is crazy don't even watch the news 
But God is always up to something good. And where sin doth more bound, grace does even more bound. I still believe that America will have a revival. I still believe that the world will have a revival. I still believe that God will sustain the dream of a latter-day outpouring. It's already started, but we're going to see it. But in Joseph's life, what happened is what often happens to you and I. You see... The brothers waved a bloody coat before his dad and presented false evidence. I want to ask you this morning, because I'm sure Jacob went home and put a bloody coat, even though his son was not dead, he probably put it somewhere safe. He probably went and cried over it. He mourned over it. He nurtured the bloody coat. Are you giving a bigger place to the bloody coats in your life than you are to the Lord? Your past hurts, your betrayals, your failures we have an opportunity to live in today but are we nurturing a bloody coat of yesterday when the coat Abba gave you is a ring a robe and a crown you are children of the most high God somebody praise him this morning but every time you get ready to believe the enemy will wave the bloody coat the bloody coat that's okay I don't need that he'll wave the bloody coat it's over you can't believe for that you can't do that you that can't happen that can't happen he will wave the bloody coat of you're too old oh he has a few coats he waves over me so many things you don't have what it takes bloody coat false evidence appearing real acronym for fear fabricated evidence that is not true you're not qualified there's too much water under the bridge if it happened to Peter that he was disappointed when he walked on water why do you want to try to walk on water let me wave the bloody coat you tried before to pray for that situation and it didn't happen let me wave the bloody coat before you doors aren't open don't allow the bloody coat to back you up and to intimidate you, but rather stand and say what the Father says in His Word. I've been given exceeding and precious promises. I am forgiven. I am anointed. I am a child of God. I am loved. I am the son and daughter of God. I have life. I am redeemed. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. When he stands before his brothers, you see, we often remember what we should forget and we forget what we should remember. And when he's standing before his brothers, he did not remember their bitterness. He did not remember their betrayal. But the Bible says, then he remembered. What he thought it was was exactly not what it was, but he heard from God. There was no animosity. You see, we can't stand in the moment that God entrusts us with a dream and stand with animosity. We can't remember what we should forget and forget what we should remember. But what he said to his brothers was, don't you worry. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And God meant it for the saving of many lives. God is sustaining the dream in your heart and in your mind right now because many lives 
business will be saved through you. God is sustaining you in times of unemployment. God is sustaining you in times of weakness. God is sustaining you in trials and sorrows for the saving of many lives because that is the dream of God. Give him praise all over this house this morning. Come on, give him praise all over this house. Listen. God saw the dream. The stuff you lay awake at night worrying about, God has already sustained it. While you watch other people have dreams fulfilled, the butler, listen to me, thank you, Holy Spirit. The butler forgot Joseph. They were both in prison. And he said, I'm going to interpret your dream. You're going to be promoted. You're going to go to the palace. When you get to the palace, help me, please. (laughs) Don't forget us who are in prison. Don't forget us. Don't forget us. Listen to me. Don't forget those who are in little prisons and who are in the prison of addiction, hopelessness, poverty, and circumstances that you and I came out of. That's why we do Queen for a day and we feed the homeless. Don't forget the healer and the hurting when you are the one healed. Don't forget the impoverished. I know what it's like. At times in my life, I didn't even have money to buy shampoo, which sounds trivial, but I don't want to forget those moments. Don't forget the people left behind. Don't forget the prisoners, the people that are still what in what you walked out of. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The things that wrecked your soul, the things that burdened you, but you walked out. You're in the palace. You're feasting with the king. You're worshiping the most high God. But I'm going to tell you, they're still in the pit. Will you remember them, Church of the Harvest? Will you remember them? Stand and give him praise all over this house. Come on, stand and give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 They, his brothers delayed the dream for a season, but they could not kill the dream. And there are things that come into our life. That they can delay and they can detour your dream, but nothing can kill the dream of God over your life. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can hinder it. We have to remember the God who sustains us is the God of the universe. And he's calling sons and daughters home. Praise him one more time. Just praise him one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm purely acting spirit-filled this morning. If you don't understand that, ask a friend. Holy Spirit, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you for the prisons you brought me out of. I cannot do what you've called me to do, Holy Spirit. We cannot forget those imprisoned, Lord, of poverty that are away from God that we came out of. To you be glory. So I want to say to you in closing, before we worship this morning, in closing, God sustains the dream. We began in Eden. God brought supernatural results on familiar ground with David. And now God goes back to Eden, which we were taught earlier this year. The very ground 
where the animal's blood was shed when God buttoned up the jacket and the coat with grace and mercy. That same ground. God says right there, right there. I'm going to let you see the face of God in the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world, a place called Golgotha. He who sustained the universe now brings his beautiful body to a place called Calvary. And this time, the blood fell on the same ground where the sin came. God sustained the dream to the very moment of Calvary. God kept his people going. And as the blood dripped on the very ground where Adam and Eve had sinned, on the very ground, I thank the Lord that the blood flows on the very ground where I have failed him. Glory to the King. Glory. Glory to the King! Glory to the King! Where disappointment began, discouragement began. Now victory reigns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God sustains a dream. Just raise your hands right where you are. Praise and worship team, come help me please. Just raise your hands right where you are. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hear the word of the Lord. I sustain your dream. But you don't walk in your dream. You don't enjoy the dream that I am sustaining for you because of unforgiveness. It blocks the flow that I have for you. It's waiting to flow in you and through you, but because of unforgiveness, saith the Lord. You pray for your own children, and you pray, God, do this. Father, do that. I hear you, saith the Lord. But you have unforgiveness even toward your own children for what they've done in the past. For how they've treated you. Spoken to you, saith God. Forgive so that it might be forgiven. Unforgiveness blocks the flow that I have for you. I am sustaining. It is within the palm of my hand, your dream. I look at it. I see it. I know it. I built it. I created it. I heard you, saith God. Forgive and it shall be forgiven. Even now I will bring to your mind and show you the picture before you those things that are unforgiven so that you might walk out of this place, this holy place, 
in joy, in peace that passes all understanding. And when you pray and when you speak over your children and your friends and your community and your church team and the body of Christ, it will be heard and it will be done, saith God. A powerful word. Can we give him praise? Can we give King Jesus praise? I believe through that word and through the word that was spoken, God is speaking. But I want everyone that will to come down and worship. Let's worship for the harvest. Let's worship you that need to make things right and forgiveness. But you that want to worship, want to remember the prisoners that are back where you left out of. I want you to come worship as the team begins to sing. Find a place. Find a place. Find a place. Respond to the word of God.